0: Swing and a drive! Swing there's a shot! High
1: drive! Out of here!
0: This laser beam of a home run for Brandon Crawford. First home run of the year for the Giants and it's Joey Bart. Is. is. Challenger strikes out swinging! Bang and it is, he struck it out! What a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Inside Giant Moments. Dostropski! go And late night Lamont strikes again. again. Belt was all over it. The captain. Great call, Parker. With Adam Copeland.
2: Welcome back into the Inside Giant Moments podcast. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. A great episode for you today, a really fun one. I had an opportunity to sit down and have a nice, long, about a half-hour, 25-minute chat with Giants relief pitcher and sometimes Giants opener, Sam Long, who picked up his first major league save last week in Arizona. And it was a big one, too. Giants had lost six consecutive games. Things were getting a little bit out of hand on getaway day in Arizona. Uh, Camilo Doval came in, gave up some knocks, gave up a run. Bases are loaded, two outs. And here comes slinging Sam Long, Step into the hill, and Gabe Kapler evidently told him, this is a, an exciting moment for you. This is pretty cool. And sure enough, three pitch, see ya, Giants get on a plane and they go down to San Diego where they salvage that series as well. Split the four game set, a 2-1 walk off by Jorge Alfaro in game one in the 10th inning. That was a bit of a frustrating loss. Saturday didn't go well, excuse me, Friday didn't go well. And then on Saturday, the Giants come back and they shove behind Carlos Rodon, a complete game, one earned run allowed, 12 strikeouts for who is now the all-star left-hander for the Giants. I think when you sign a guy, In the offseason, this is best-case scenario, and I always think that it's sort of funky, and this is the situation Carlos Rodon is in right now. It's always funky for a team when a guy signs a deal where he's got a player option. The last one that comes to mind, and I actually had a conversation with former Giants GM Bobby Evans about this earlier this week. last one that comes to mind who had a contract like that was Johnny Cueto. Remember, Cueto signed before the 2016 season. Giants were looking to sort of extend that championship window, use that core of players with – Crawford and Belt and Posey and then they make the trade for Longoria they make the trade for Andrew McCutcheon and they tried to fill out the rotation with a guy like Jeff Samarja and then of course with uh, with Johnny Cueto who spent six years here in a Giants uniform anyway Bobby Evans told me when they signed Johnny Cueto they were thinking that there was a good chance he was going to opt out after that second year he had the second year opt out. Or he could opt in and spend those final four years with the Giants. Well, based on how well he pitched in 2016, and if you recall that first half, he was an all-star. He started the all-star game for the National League, did Johnny Cueto in 2016. Uh, Based on that performance and based on what could have happened in 2017, I think the Giants sort of thought, okay, we've extended this window. We've added another ace to this staff with uh, Madison Bumgarner and Matt Cain who are hanging around. Still, we've got this core of players that we can run with. Or he opts out. And you go out and you say you have some money to spend And you try to fill that void elsewhere But I think the hope when you sign a guy to an opt-out Contract is that he pitches well enough To opt out and become a free agent again Now nobody wants to see Carlos Rodon leave Either at the trade deadline or after this season Of course, based on what he's done this year He's been sort of the most exciting starter Outside of Logan Webb for the Giants And one of the most exciting players on the roster I don't think there's any doubt that when he touches the hill He is electric and he's got the high velocity throws the high fastball, gets a lot of swings And misses, but with him being named an A uh, a Replacement all star for Josh Hader earlier this week. That's just going to bolster his case. So you don't want to see him leave, but for the player, uh, you know, we, we sit here in the offseason thinking about the lockout and, and siding with the players and, and, and trying to figure out what it is that they want and that's going to make them successful over the life of the next CBA. I always try to root for the players. You root for guys especially who show up to your team, decide to come here. I'm always uh, joyous and appreciative of guys who decide to come to be a San Francisco Giant. And when they do and they play well, you hope that they're rewarded for it. And I think the hope is that the Giants are the team that gets to reward Carlos Rodon. But he's a free agent after this year if he decides to opt out. But for 2022, my man is an all-star. A hell of a start to this season in his first year in San Francisco. The other one, Jock Peterson, an all-star. is uh, going to start in left field. And I think for Jock, it's it's one of the coolest elements of uh, of what's gone on in baseball because it speaks to his sort of power as a baseball player when it comes to how you touch the fans, right? He spent a ton of years down in Los Angeles with the Dodgers, and Giants fans had grown to dislike him because you see him out there every year in Dodger Blue and hitting home runs and doing damage against the Giants, but then you see him last year sign with the Chicago Cubs, who weren't having a good year at the trade deadline. They trade him out to Atlanta, and he ignited that Atlanta clubhouse, the Atlanta lineup, and that Atlanta fan base. When the Giants were back there a couple of weeks ago, he was fantastic. Had a couple of big home runs, got big ovations, got his World Series ring. It was a really, really Really special thing I think to get to uh, to witness what Jock Peterson meant to that organization and I think as Giants fans because we've seen what individual players mean to our franchise to the Giants after winning a World Series it totally makes sense and puts into perspective what Jock Peterson means to that Atlanta Braves team into that fan base. So pretty cool to see that. And the other element here is the Giants fans. He's been one of the best hitters, the most powerful hitter for the Giants this year. So not only I, I'm not sold on the fact that it was just Giants fans that got him into the All Star game. Certainly he was the guy we wanted to see out there representing the black and orange. But you think about what he did for Atlanta, you think about his time in LA and that the game is being played in Los Angeles. He's gonna get to take a position that he played for so many years down there. It's what baseball is all about i'm a huge all-star game fan i've always appreciated the pageantry and the lining up on the uh, the base paths and the announcing of the the superstars i loved it in every season uh you get the, the game in a new stadium and oftentimes you get to see a lot of the legends the historic moments uh shown up on the big board and then you, you get moments like when ted williams gets wheeled out in a wheelchair in fenway in 1998 and all the players circle around him just to be around teddy ball game that sort of stuff to me uh the the history of the all-star game Is one of the coolest things to me. Uh, And, of course, Willie Mays, the all-time leader in all-star games, played 24 all-star games for Willie Mays, which is still a major league record. And if we're going back to uh, to Ted Williams, there's that great quote at the ballpark. You see it on the concourse level down uh, at Oracle Park, uh, right by the escalators there, sort of right if you're coming up the ramp or you're going up one of the escalators or coming down the escalators as you enter the Willie Mays gate into the ballpark. There's that great quote. It says they invented the all-star game for Willie Mays. And it was Ted Williams who said it. When a guy like Ted Williams says it, that's pretty cool. Your favorite center fielder's favorite center fielder, right? So uh, one of the uh, the cool things that happened for the Giants this week. But we should uh, make note, as uh, as we roll into Wednesday, or as the Giants rolled into Wednesday, they had won three of their last four ball games. How about that? That's a little bit of a streak for the Giants. And in that same span, the 3-1 win behind Rodon on Saturday in San Diego, then a big 12 nothing win. The Giants right-handed bats in heavy right-handed lineups against left-handed pitchers have really, really done a lot of damage over the last four or five games or so. They lost 4-3 to to Arizona on Monday night, sort of a frustrating loss. There was some back-and-forth stuff about when Brandon Belt was pinch-hit for, Austin Slater came up for him, though he's been swinging a hot bat as of late. This is what the Giants do. They will play the odds. They will play the matchup and try to get that platoon advantage. And actually, on KNBR earlier this week, Chuck Peterson told Murph and Mac on the morning show that he knew that's the way the Giants ran things, that when he spoke to Farhan about signing with the Giants, he didn't plan to play against left-handed pitchers. And and then, of course, earlier this year, he had a three-homer game, and the next day Gabe Kapler had to plug him in there, and he hit another homer off of a lefty. But it sounds to me like this is the way the Giants are going about business, not just on the field, but when they're constructing the team. They're making everybody aware of what the role is they're going to play, how they plan to get the most out of that player, that position, that at bat, and then they try to platoon them together. So, while at times this year it has not worked out. We've also seen them explode like we did on Tuesday night to a 13-0 victory over the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, we've seen the right-handed bats come alive a little bit. Farhan Zaidi actually, before that game on Tuesday, spoke to the media, and people have wondered would the Giants be buyers? Would they be sellers? I talked to Tim Kirchin uh, about a week ago of ESPN, and Tim Kurchin said that over the 35 or 40 years he's been covering baseball, he said he's talked to general managers who tell him, you know, sometimes it's a day-to-day thing where one day before the All-Star or the, uh, the trade deadline, you might be thinking you're a buyer, then the next day you're a seller. He says sometimes it literally comes down to one day. The way the Giants are playing right now, and I know they're sort of a middling team sitting right on the outside looking into that playoff picture, but Farhan, when he spoke to the media earlier this week, did say that he felt like if the defense had been a little bit better, they could be five or six games improved and be right in the thick of this uh, this playoff hunt. And consider that third wild card spot. It's going to take fewer wins than you think to get into that place. I don't know that it's going to take 90 or 92 wins to get a, a wild card appearance uh, this season. It could be much lower. It could be 87 or 88 wins. Who knows what happens uh, at the back end of the season. But I still believe that where the Giants are sitting right now, if you get into that best of three wild card series to start the playoffs and you can throw Carlos Rodon and Logan West. And who knows, maybe they add another piece Maybe we do get a taste of Kyle Harrison uh, The lefty stud out of De La Salle Who's down in AA Richmond right now Maybe we get a look at him at the end of the season And Farhan spoke a little bit about that as well We'll get you some of that sound But that, all that said if you have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, you gotta take the opportunity. I'm never a fan of teams that are just sort of middling and can't figure out where to go, so they either stand pat or they start to sell off pieces. I don't believe that's where Farhan's mindset is, and I don't believe that's the way the the brass of the organization is viewing the way this team's performed. I I know the first half was a little bit disappointing, as Farhan mentioned in those comments to the media, but also, if you have an opportunity to get into the playoffs, it can be a crapshoot. You get in, you get hot. Oftentimes, the hottest team or the best tournament team can win the World Series, and I do think the Giants, although they've struggled a bit in the first half, and defense has got to tighten itself up if they can get a little bit of help around deadline time, and it doesn't have to be a huge splash for a guy like Wilson Contreras, where you're giving up three of your top 20 prospects. It doesn't have to be Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds. However, Keep this in mind about Castillo. He is not a pending free agent. This is a guy the Dodgers are in on right now, a starting pitcher who used to be in the Giants organization, actually. Still has one arbitration year left on his contract beyond this season. So if you get Luis Castillo, that's a guy who's going to be around for 2023 as well. So maybe that is something the Giants consider. Maybe they say, hey, we'll give up a little bit extra because we're not just getting a couple of months out of this guy like they did last year with Chris Bryant. You're also getting another season, and you have the uncertainty of what happens this year with Carlos Rodon as it pertains to his options out clause uh, in his two-year contract so Farhan Zaidi met with the media before Tuesday's game and spoke to them about what the Giants plans were how he evaluates this roster and how they will approach Major League Baseball's trade deadline which comes up on August 2nd
0: yeah I mean I, I just, we just haven't even had those conversations yet I, I I just think that probably not until I mean we really haven't had that many conversations with other teams Starting to field some calls, and um, you know, I think we're willing to listen. But I think until we get into the last week of July, it's a little bit of wheel spinning, you know, because so much of it, like we've been talking about, is the context and the situation. And people right there, buyers and sellers, and great, you know, who's the big trade ship? Your guys are going to be included in that. And, you know, I take that personally. Hopefully, other guys <laughs> take that personally, you know. You don't want to be viewed as a seller when you're trying to compete, so uh, that's, that's our perspective and uh, you know, we know that's going to be out there. But yeah, our focus is going to be to get to July 31st, August 1st in, in a playoff position where we're looking to see if we can make our team better.
2: So you can decipher that for yourself. I take that as Farhan saying, yeah, we we haven't had discussions about being buyers or sellers because we've got to see where we stand when we get closer to that trade deadline. You don't know what happens across the league with injuries. You don't know when a team is going to get hot. Hell, the Baltimore Orioles, the hottest team in baseball right now, they've already matched their 44-win total from the— from 2021 that's the number of wins they had all of last season they've already got that many before the all-star break coming up here so they will reevaluate in the next couple of weeks as they get closer to that trade deadline but if the giants have an opportunity to get better and an opportunity to compete and an opportunity to battle it out in the last two months of the season i think everybody understands that the front office owes it to the players they owe it to the fan base and the fans want to root for a team that's competing yes we would be excited to, uh, to, to acquire some great prospects. It would be a lot of fun, but when you have expectations like the Giants did entering this season, I think all you want is to be playing meaningful baseball in September, and the way to do that is to either sit where you are with the roster you have now or look to improve, be it within the organization, bringing somebody up, like we mentioned with Kyle Harrison, or you go and you get better by adding some ancillary pieces to the roster. Maybe they do bring in another middle infielder. Maybe you make a trade for Ian Happ of the Cubs, who's got team control beyond this season and can play multiple outfield positions and quite frankly could be an- all-star at this point this year so all stuff to pay attention to but it's always a fun time of year you get to the trade deadline you get to the all-star break you start seeing what's happening the season has taken shape at this point you know who the contenders are you kind of know who some of the pretenders are and then you've got teams who are just sort of on the fringe like the giants who with maybe a couple of moves or a couple of good weeks of baseball are right back in it so we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks but first i want to get to a conversation that we had with the great sam Log. i say the great because it was a lot of fun having this conversation with Sam Long. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been one of the good stories of the Giants over the last couple of years. And how cool is it that he's a NorCal guy? Grew up going to Oracle Park, uh, watching Barry Bonds hit home runs. We talked a whole bunch about that. And he is now uh, one of the more trusted arms in the Giants' bullpen. Picked up his, big, or his first big league save last week in Arizona. And he joins us here on the Inside Giant Moments podcast. Welcome to the show.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
2: It's a pleasure to welcome to the Inside Giant Moments podcast, Sam Long. You see him out on the hill at Oracle Park and out of the bullpen, sometimes starting games this year for the Giants. Sam, thanks for making time today, man. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
2: Do we've been hearing your name a lot lately, man, and, and for good reason. You're having a, a really good season. You've been throwing the ball great this year, especially over the last couple of weeks. Second season at the big league level, 32 games under your belt. You feel like a veteran now? You're established vet now in the bigs? Uh, Not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Uh, How about the name? uh, How about the name Slinging Sam Long? You like that nickname? Do you guys call you that around the club?
1: Uh, That was more more uh, coming up in the minors and college. Uh, That was a big nickname. It hasn't quite caught on yet. There's there's a lot of other nicknames I get around here though. That's for sure.
2: Any good ones you can share with us?
1: Um, Dom Leone gave me. Uh, gave me one last year in spring training that's stuck pretty well is uh, Sammy Rockets (laughs) Um, because I showed up to spring training kind of out of nowhere and was uh, I guess thrown harder than what people were expecting and uh, and so he just he came up with that one and a lot of guys like that one so it's stuck. Sammy
2: Rockets. That's a pretty good one. I like slinging. I, we we are around the station and, and I think his fans call you slinging Sam Long. I like that one too. So uh, you mentioned you came up last year, you kind of a big surprise for the team. And I think for the fans too, it was an exciting first season for you. Certainly uh, your debut was real exciting down in Texas. How did you spend your first uh, major league off season? Was it more of a, a getaway from the team, get away from the game, reset your mind and body, or did you get right back to work?
1: Um, it was a quick getaway after the season ended. Um, my family and I went to the Bahamas, went to the island of Exuma for ten days, um, about a week after the season ended, and um, so that was that was my quick getaway. I enjoyed the the beach with my family and you know exploring the island, and um, so that was that was a perfect that was a perfect trip for me after such a crazy year. Uh, and then you know as soon as I got home, I was back in the gym getting ready and. You know, doing what I needed to do to improve on um, my my 2021 season and um, show up to camp, you know, ready to make another good impression on uh, on the Giants. So, it what was it ever busy?
2: What, what what was your uh, your number one takeaway from the island of Exuma? What are they known for? Is it the, is it the beaches? Is it the food? What what was the number one thing you took away from there?
1: Um, for me, I I love I love whenever I travel, I love trying out all the different foods. Um, so there was a lot of fried, like fried conch, um, was one of my favorites. That was, that was some good stuff. And, uh, they're, they're known out there for, um, the wild pigs on the beach. And so, um, some of, some of the family went out on an an excursion one day and, um, swam with the pigs and there was another, There was another beach out there that had a bunch of lizards and iguanas on it, and I'm not a big fan of reptiles, so I didn't make (laughs) that one.
2: Uh, some people go on vacation and uh, and swim with the dolphins. The longs go on vacation, they swim with the pigs. They'll yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, uh, so one, of the, one of the coolest things for me, I think, uh, following baseball and watching baseball is when a young player makes the big leagues and you get all of the career first, first big league hit and strikeout and first career win or save. Last week, you got your first uh, career save. Come in, bases loaded in Arizona. Uh, you get a three-pitch save. We ended the losing streak. It was a big moment, I think, for the Giants and for Giants fans. You need somebody to come in and, and, and get those final uh, three three outs and that last out of the game is, is always tough to get. What were you thinking when you took the mound there and, and what did Gabe tell you when he handed you the ball?
1: Oh, uh, that was exciting. Um, so kind of what was going on in my head during the, during the whole thing, like I was, I was getting loose in the bullpen and my guy, uh, that I was, what was, I was going to face was like three, three batters away. And there was two outs, I think a runner on first. And, um, so like I didn't want to like when you're getting when you're getting ready to go into the game you never want to have a thought in your head like I probably won't be getting in here but you know if you look at the numbers the chances were pretty low uh, but the closer that guy came up um, in the order you know the more real it got and the more I started to lock in and uh, so once I once I ran out there I was just focused on you know doing my job. I knew the guy that uh, I was supposed to face struggled with change-ups. And so <clears throat> all I could think about was executing a couple of those. And I got up, I got up on the mound to take the ball from cap. And, um, and he kind of looks at me with this smile, uh, like a half smile. And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm really excited for you right here. Like it's a big moment for you. And me understanding the situation and, um, kind of, being in the being in the mindset that I take the mound with usually it's you know no uh, not a lot of um, not a lot of time to think about what's going on like around the situation so I was just focused on what I needed to do and so I took the ball and kind of in my head was I was like it is it's a, this is a cool this is a cool moment for me but. I need to get the job done first, and then I'll then I'll worry about enjoying that moment. So that was that's kind of what transpired on the exchange, and um, you know, it, it was it was a really cool moment for me, and to to get that swing and miss on the on the final on the final pitch of the game, uh, it was it was really exciting, and you know, I'm I'm happy with how that uh, with with how I handled that whole, you know, the whole situation, just kind of keeping my cool, um, took care of what I needed to take care of. And, you know, all the guys were happy for me. So it was fun.
2: Yeah, man, three pitch C and then, uh, and then get on a plane and, and cruise to San Diego, uh, you know, Gabe Kapler saying that to you, that this is a cool moment. I think, and, you know, I, I think fans and, and other players would appreciate that, that you were in the moment that you took that as like, I got to do my job first before I, I really get to appreciate what this meant. But how cool is that to have a manager sort of step out of that moment and realize this is a huge moment for the team. You want to end the losing streak. Things were getting kind of hectic on the bases, And he's putting in a, a young pitcher who hadn't been in that situation before. I, I just think mm-hmm. that's pretty cool that the Gabe can pull himself out of that moment and appreciate what that meant for you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's something I thought about as well, is, you know, You'd expect you'd expect him to uh, be focused on the. I guess you know he's he knows that we're you know he knows that the last few games haven't been going our way, and he knows how important getting a win there was. But he he realized what uh, what it meant for me, and um, you know to to kind of give me that perspective while I was on the mound was um, was something that I didn't expect, but it was it was a cool moment
2: you get that long jog in from the bullpen are there bullpens that, that are further away from the mound when you start jogging in you're like damn man this is this is a hell of a run dude i was going to have to come this far
1: <laughs> yeah there's a so i notice it more when i'm sitting in the bullpen like in san diego you're behind the home bullpen so you have to go like first you're you're watching the game that feels like from you know from way out there in the outfield um and then there's a staircase you have to go down and you have to make a right. And then you have to, then you have to do the job. So it's a journey to get all the way to the mound sometimes. <laughs> just trying to get to
2: work. You got to commute to get there from, uh, from out in the bullpen. Uh, we, so we've seen you start. We've seen you come in in bulk relief. Uh, they've used an opener before you. We also saw you close last week, as we just talked about. Is there a role that you really relish or that you're like, oh, this is a cool moment. Is it, is it getting to start? Is it coming out of the pen? What, what excites you the most?
1: Um, what excites me the most is I, I got to go with the that the outing the other day in Arizona. That was that was some adrenaline that, um, you know, that's hard to that's hard to duplicate. But there's, you know, there's something about taking the ball from the first inning and um, setting the tone, you know, whether or not I'm, I'm opening or making a full start. Um there's something about setting the tone for the team and the rest of the rest of the guys that are going to be pitching that day that you know, carries its own weight. Um, but, you know, I, I do my best to just stay consistent in my mindset and treat each batter and each pitch the same and, you know, attack them as best I can in that in that spot.
2: So last season you've got the the huge sparkling debut. You strike out seven of the 14 batters you face, four plus innings at work. Can you remember every second of that day? Is it kind of a blur? What stands out to you from your, your big league debut? Not even just from the game, but from the whole day, how you taking all that emotion?
1: Um what stand let's see, what stands out? I's, I always think back to the night before. Um and usually the night before I I start feeling butterflies before an outing or um you know, I start to feel my body and my mind get into that competitive mode. And I just remember laying in bed and my heart pounding so hard and I'd never experienced something like that the day before I pitched. And so that's what kind of made me realize like, this is, this is actually happening. And, you know, uh, I just remember doing everything I could to like breathe and try to get my heart rate down while I'm just laying still in bed. Uh, and then the next day, it was, all, it was almost like a light, the light switch turned on. And the next day I woke up and it all felt, it all felt really natural. and uh, my nerves uh, there are definitely nerves, but nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. It was just another, another chance to compete and another chance to uh, prove myself out there.
2: That's where Harvey Martin comes in, right? Getting your, uh, getting your breathing centered, get you get you in the right place, lower your heart rate, get you in the zone for a game. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wish
1: I had him that night before. I just yeah, we, could have made a phone call.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, he, yeah, he sounds like he does a great job. We've had a chance to talk to him on the podcast. Really good dude. Uh, yeah. So Logan Webb from Rockland. You're from out in Sacramento. It's always cool, I think, for, for Giants fans when players are like from right in the backyard right here, you know, Northern California guys. What's your guys' relationship like? And is that common background something you guys have bonded over?
1: Oh, absolutely! You no, know, Webby and I are are really close, and um, obviously, it makes it easier being from the same area. So we can talk about uh, the restaurants or the stuff going on back home, um, like with high school baseball or you know something like that. Uh, we talk a lot about the Sacramento Kings, uh, whether that's positive or negative. Uh, <laughs> um, no. No, it's it's a it's a cool relationship, and to to share to share a you know a club a big league clubhouse with a with a guy from your area and you know same sort of background, uh, it's it's a special it's a special bond, and I think Webby uh, Webby would agree, and you know hopefully we can stick together and be teammates for a long time.
2: Yeah, I think that'd be that'd be real cool. I think for you guys and for fans. Uh, speaking of the Kings, just got to get one in here. You, you like the Mike Brown hire? How are you feeling about him as the new head coach?
1: Yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I we uh, we've been watching the, a little bit of the summer league, and mm-hmm. we've been seeing Murray play pretty well, and uh, or not pretty well. He's been he's been doing really well, and uh, you know, we're just we just. I'd be happy with some playoff basketball in Sacramento. Um, we'll start there. We'll see where that takes us, but it's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, see, I was, I was just a, bear. Want a little. We yeah. just want a little playoff basketball in SAC
2: <laughs> I, I was a Bay Area kid in uh, in San Leandro. Same thing in like 2001, 2002, watching those Kings teams. I was like, man, can we just get the Warriors into the playoffs? That's all I need is a, <laughs> is a sniff. And Mike Bibby and Chris uh, Weber and all those guys, they were so fun for those uh, those Kings teams. But you, you grew up a Giants fan, right? I did, yeah. So you grew up rooting for the Giants. Tell us about the process of getting signed by the Giants after spending time in the, the Tampa and uh, you were in the White Sox organization. Is that right? Uh, right. Before yeah. You came
1: over that. That had to be pretty exciting, right? The team you grew up rooting for? Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really exciting. I think, you know, when I got drafted, obviously I wanted to go to the giants and uh, it's always been a dream of mine to play for the hometown or, you know, my, my team closest to home. And uh, so, but it just, you know, you know how baseball works out. You don't really have a choice in the matter. Um, And when I was getting back into the game, I was just worried about, you know, getting signing with a team, didn't matter what team you know, I just wanted to be I just wanted to be back in baseball so bad that the the White Sox called and I didn't hesitate and signed signed right away with them <clears throat> and I had, had a couple of good years with them and decided to try out free agency uh, minor league free agency before the 20 or before last season and the Giants were the first team that called uh, and obviously my heart was decided at that point like you know, I, I had a chance to pitch for the Giants and, um, I didn't really, I wouldn't say I didn't, I wouldn't say I didn't entertain other options, but I, I, uh, I knew where I knew where I wanted to be. And so I felt that that was the best decision that I could make. And, um, it's, it's been, you know, pitching, pitching for the Giants is, uh, when I say it out loud, it's, It's pretty crazy still to me.
2: That's I mean, that's awesome, dude. That's some destiny stuff, you know, and uh, and you mentioned getting back into baseball. And so for those who don't know, I know you told the story last year uh, when you came up, but the road to the majors is paved with incredible stories of resilience, guys who've been injured and fight their way back. But just saw Mark Appel, the former number one mm-hmm. overall pick debut at the Phillies at age 30. So you own one of those great stories. You were considering stepping away from baseball three or four years ago. You're going to become a firefighter. How close to, to leaving the game for good were you? And can you share your story about wanting to come back to baseball and what brought you back?
1: um so I was I was I was really close you know I I was I had my mind made up once I was released by the race I had my mind made up that you know I was ready to move on and start on uh start on that next chapter uh and that was you know it was a really good experience for me that was uh that was something you know I always enjoy challenging myself and um growing up around baseball and sports, um, I never, I, I never really put too much serious thought into, into other things outside of that. Um, and once I took that leap and, um, tried something else, um, uh, t- tried something new out, it was, uh, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot of what I was capable of. Um, but I knew that there was a, there was a challenge that my, that I, that I just couldn't give up and, and that was baseball. And so that, that thought started to creep into my mind a little bit more and more over time. Um, and one day I just, I'm kind I'm the type of guy, like if I, if I think about it or if I, if I have a feeling towards something, then that's how, that's how I know I need to go. I need to pursue it. And, um, I knew once I had the thought a couple times, I was like, "Okay, you know, let's let's do this. Let's let's give this another shot. So I I I went back. I went back to work. I uh, I put more more energy and um, and everything like that into it this time around. And I started to realize like what I was actually capable of.
2: It's a really good story, man. I mean, it's a it's a, a, a resilient story. It's about you finding yourself and, and your passion and, and not giving up until you sort of wring that last drop out of the rag. If you could go back and give you know that young version of yourself a piece of advice, or I mean, there's probably hundreds of guys right now in the minor leagues going through that exactly what what you went through, wondering if they should continue on. What piece of advice would you give to to players that age or to anybody who's going through that same sort of self uh, finding moment in their life?
1: Uh, I would I would say it's important to to not focus on what's going on around you as much. Uh, There's a lot of, there's a lot of things to take in once you get into professional baseball, like there's a lot of good baseball players out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of guys with the, with different talents, Um, but it's important to, to not get wrapped up in, you know, decisions that are out of your control. And um, that's something that I learned was, I, 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 would, I would be frustrated at, at times with what was going on around me and I was just wasting energy on it. I, and so once I, got, once I got back into it, I was focused on what I could do and, you know, being, being a good teammate, just going back to the basics of, of um, what it means to be a baseball player, you know, not focus on what's going on on the outside, just keep my eye on the ball you know, be a good teammate, pick up guys when, you know, when good things happen or, you know, stuff like that. It's, and then then over time, that's, I started to remember, hey, this is why, this is why I love this game. You know, this is why, this is why I work so hard at it. Um, Because one, I love to compete, but I also love to be around a group of guys with a common goal and that's to win.
2: It's great to, uh, to invest your soul in something that's it's sort of bigger than yourself. And I think that's what fans do. That's what players do you, you, to your point uh, to, a group of people trying to reach a common goal. It's, it's fun to be a part of uh, even from the outside, looking in. So you reach that goal, you finally get to the big leagues and I imagine like, it's awesome getting your major league debut and all that was fun, but how about getting to come home and then pitch in the ballpark that you grew up going to, how cool was <laughs> Oracle park? And by the way, your family loudest fans in the ballpark that day, that was, that was super cool. The whole long clan was out there. How cool was that to, to pitch at Oracle park for the first time?
1: That was that was a surreal moment. I uh I think that it was still like fifty percent capacity. And so mm-hmm. my my party took up about twenty-five percent that day. <laughs> 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 it ended up being a really crazy game. I think uh we we came back. But that's the one that Yaz hit the Grand Slam, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah. Um uh, we talk about that all the time. It was uh that was fun. That was really fun. And it was, it took a little bit of, it took a few outings to, you know, really feel comfortable on the mound out there, like to, to have that view. Um, like being on the field opposed to sitting in the stands um, or the bleachers. Uh, like it was, it was something that took me a little bit of time to um, get past. But now that I'm, now that I'm, I've got a, a good amount of, you know, innings at Oracle. It's uh, it's something that I've embraced, and it, it just makes it just fuels my fire, and makes uh, each outing in San Francisco uh, something to something to look forward to. Yeah,
2: it's cool. We're, uh, we're getting to that stage where the ballpark's been open long enough where, where guys who grew up as fans of the team and went to the ballpark can now play and, uh, and perform in that ballpark. Uh, w- when you were a kid, who was your guy on the Giants? I don't know which team might have been your favorite team, but who, who was your guy? Was it a left-handed pitcher? Was it like a Kirk Reeder? Or uh, did you have somebody else you really loved?
1: Um, so I was obviously as a Barry Bonds fan. I was an outfielder um, growing up. So when I started you know, really getting into baseball – that that was that was my jam I yeah I love to play outfield I love to run around and make diving catches and um and so uh Ray Durham was was a was I, I, think he remember, I remember he always had like a big knob on his back yeah he did something yeah. like that Marquis uh, Grissom too wood.
2: Grissom always yeah had big knob yeah Grissom was him? it Grissom
1: yeah yeah it was so I don't know that just sticks out to me for some reason but um I, I just remember showing up to – there's there was no better feeling than showing up to a game and, like, kind of expecting someone to hit a homer and, like, Barry Bonds was always that guy. Like, I think every game I, I'd always ask for a, a Giants – some Giants tickets for my birthday every year. And, like, at least half of those games that I went to, he ended up hitting a homer. And it was, like <laughs> – it was the craziest thing in the world to me. So, yeah uh, I'd have to go with that. Um, and it was – as a kid, it's such a cool park to be, be at, you know, you get to go, you get to run around like uh, where the Coke bottle is and you, mm-hmm. you realize they're like, Oh, there's a slide in there. Like, Oh my God, that's, that's the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. So <laughs> yeah. that was, that was, that was always fun. Um, and then the mini field, right. I remember my little brother hitting a home run there when he was like way, way too young to like for people out there watching to, I think he hit it, and they were like, what, did he actually just do that? I just remember that, like, (laughs) being such a proud brother moment at one of those games. Um, Um, And so those are just some good memories I have um, growing up rooting for the Giants.
2: That's super cool, man. That's so unique to you. You know, it's so unique to be a Northern California uh, baseball fan that you can have gone and experienced that stuff. My brother did that too, man. we went over there, my little brother, same thing, taking at bats in in mini Oracle park up the, uh, the left field line. Uh, All right. Before we let you go, Sam, I was trying to end with a fun one here. Uh, A little trivia question, even about yourself and your own career, your major league debut. So June 9th, 2021, you debut, you record seven strikeouts. It was seven different hitters. How many of the hitters can you name that you strike out in your big league debut?
1: uh um Garcia that's one was uh struck him out on a curveball um oh man I got Jonah Heim because he was with the Rays while I was there so that name stuck out that's right um shoot how about your first big (laughs) first First big
2: league strikeout you don't know who you strike out the first time ever
1: no, I keep everyone, like, that's come up in the bullpen a few times. I keep forgetting. I keep blanking. Nick Solak. Nick Solak, okay. Because for some reason, Eli White comes to my head because I know it's like the first. I gave up a double up to him, and he ended up scoring. So, for some reason, that sticks out. Well, you, so did, you did get Solak. Eli White.
2: Yeah, you went Solak. You went Jason Martin. Eli White was your third guy. Jonah Hines oh, was I the fourth. Oh, did get Eli White? You did get Eli White. But I did I...
1: give up a double to him, too, right?
2: Yeah, you did. You got you give up the double X, okay. right? Yeah. And you did strike him out. That's cool. You get seven different guys Isaiah, Connor, Falefa, Brock Holt, and Adolus Garcia. Those are your seven. Nice.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, gotta, uh, yeah, Nick Solak. Okay. Thank you for, I'm going to remember that <laughs> one now. <laughs> thank,
2: thank you. You, you got us never, man. You got to hang on to that. I know it's an obscure one, but uh, it's, it's not like yeah. Miguel Cabrera or anything, but you got to remember Solak for your, your mantle, dude. <laughs> no, man.
1: no. Yeah. No, no knock on him at all. No, obviously. of course. I, I remember it was a fastball down and in, and mm-hmm. I think I was trying to go up with it and yanked it down a little bit, but I ended up getting by him. So I think he might've felt tipped it too. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff.
2: Fun stuff. (laughs) Fair fair to say you had a lot going on in your head, so you don't have to remember it from that moment. Uh, Sam, a lot of fun catching up, dude. A lot of fun talking to you. Really, uh, really appreciate you sharing your stories at Oracle Park and uh, and your own personal journey, man. It's been a blast to watch, and, and I hope we get to do it for years to come, man. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, likewise. I appreciate it.
2: Uh, there's just some guys you walk away from having conversations with, and, and it's not just baseball players or athletes. It's people in your life. You walk away, you're like, man, I really like that guy. I like talking to that guy or to that to that woman. Uh, Sam Long had that same effect on me. We, we got up from uh, from that interview, and I was like, man, what a cool guy, Sam Long. And again, the fact that he's a Northern California kid, he's got the great relationship with Logan Webb. He's got great stories of going out to mini Oracle Park out there in uh, in left field uh, up near the Coke bottle. It's it's just so cool. And, and as I mentioned, we're at the point now where they're, the ball park's been around long enough, and the Giants have so much legacy that we're at the point where there's a lot of kids who grew up going to this yard who are going to be playing at this ballpark. It's just, it's one of the coolest things, and you love to see a guy succeed early in his career, and up and down, certainly, and, and the trials and tribulations of leaving baseball, coming back to baseball, and then him saying, you know, I won't say I didn't have any other offers or entertain other offers, but this is where I wanted to be, an opportunity to pitch for the San Francisco Giants, and now he's a big leaguer, and he's thriving as a big leaguer. Giants are going to be counting on him big time in the second half, especially if they're uh, if they're going to need more late-inning lefty relief help. I know Harlan Garcia is out there. Jose Alvarez has been hurt uh, a lot this year and it was, uh, was seeing a specialist again at the end of last week. So it uh, remains to be seen what's going to happen with him. But Giants need another lefty. They need a power lefty. And maybe they'll need a guy to stretch out a little bit and pitch a few more innings at the beginning of a ball game. Sam Long, the jack of all trades, can do all that for the Giants. And let's hope he's as successful in the second half as he was for the first half in San Francisco. Thank you to Sam Long. Thank you to you, the listener. Thank you to Kelsey, our producer with the Giants. If you're enjoying the podcast, rate, review, subscribe to it. You don't want to miss an episode of the Inside Giant Moments podcast all season long. The All-Star Game is next week. How cool is that? We'll be back with another episode of the Inside Giant Moments podcast. Until then, everybody enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Swing and a draw! Home run for Brandon Crawford. This what a performance from Logan Webb tonight. Camilo Doval gets the save. Is Yastrzemski! go! And late night Lumont strikes, strikes again. again. And he belt was all over it. The captain. Inside Giant Moments. It's headed for the bay! The third of the night for Jack Peterson with Adam Copeland. Both strikeouts, and they're on their feet here at Oracle Park for Carlos Rodan.